Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We've made it to the book of Judges and we're up to chapter 13. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. So who we're talking about is pretty apparent. It's the children of Israel. It's the congregation that was rescued from enslavement in Egypt and Africa and delivered to the promised land, which is where they are now in the area that's currently called Palestine, also called Israel. It used to be called Canaan. Um, and it's also um, another thing to note there is that uh, Lord is being translated from the name Jehovah at this point in the story and we've seen how that changes again and again throughout the story because a uh, narrative so far throughout the books of the bible because more than one person entity deity is who the people call their lord just recently they were calling baal and asherahs ashtaroths uh we've read that el and yah and now jehovah again pretty consistently is who the people pray to as their lord not any one specific deity Although one is generally expect, they're expected to be faithful to, they have not been faithful to that one that they call Lord right now at all. Um, let's see, verse, and, and like we've read before, whenever they fall into the hands of their enemies and um, end up oppressed by them, the narrator is equating that uh, fall from grace, as it were, to them not being faithful to the one uh, named Jehovah that they're calling Lord. Verse 2. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. So that's probably, um, should make your ears perk up right there. Whenever they mention that there's a barren woman and uh, that she's married to some guy, usually some sort of... Um, supernatural thing surrounds her giving or uh, getting pregnant or having birth giving birth and that's going to be the same case with this one um <clears throat> excuse me verse three and the angel of the lord appeared to the woman said to her indeed now you are barren and have born no children but you shall conceive and bear a son so you see here in this verse angel is um capitalized so it it almost seems like it's a proper noun but um, when you look at how it's translated, or I'm using, as usual, the blueletterbible.org website, and it lets you use tools to um, see what the different words were translated from. When you see that, angel is not capitalized, and it's from the word malak. And of course, forgive me, please, if I mispronounce any of these. Lord, on the other hand, when it's in all caps, is once again being translated from the name Jehovah. So um, it seems to be saying an angel of the entity known as Jehovah has appeared to them. Not God Almighty, but specifically that entity that they worship as their Lord has appeared. An angel of that entity has appeared to her and given her prophecy, letting her know she's going to have a baby, even though she's barren. Kind of reminds of, of what happened with with Mary and also with her cousin Elizabeth and at least those two but I seem to recall it happening again and again that there's an annunciation of a woman that's either barren or in the case of Mary a virgin being told that she's got a baby on the way and that's the same thing happening here 
Verse 4, Now therefore please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, and not to eat anything unclean. So unlike some of those other ones I just mentioned, this woman is being given specific instructions about her baby, about um, sort of um, dietary restrictions that she should adhere to um, in during her pregnancy. That's not the same thing that happens with Mary. And as far as um, John uh, the Baptist's birth, he, once he's born, he has those sort of restrictions on his own diet. Um, it's not clear whether they were imposed on him or whether he chose to have it that way, but he has a strange or at least unusual diet himself. Whereas Jesus didn't have any sort of dietary restrictions at all. And we saw both of them um, had missions to lead people to righteousness. And like Jesus said, um, both were rejected. John came neither eating nor drinking. And they said he had a demon. Jesus came eating and drinking. And they called him a glutton and a, and a drunk a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And I'm paraphrasing there, but that's pretty much what he said as far as how the people received each of them when they came with a similar mission to tell people to repent and seek righteousness. And so both were rejected. But you see now here in this case, she's being given instructions to avoid booze and um, during her pregnancy and any unclean thing. Um, and so we read before what things are considered unclean. Um, Things like pork and seafood or shellfish, I should say, and other things like that are considered unclean uh, uh, later. Earlier on, they weren't considered unclean. After the flood, like we've read before, anything that moves was considered okay to eat. But then those sort of unclean and clean things came along later on. Um, if you've read them before, you already know that, so I won't go into that any further right now. Uh, verse 5, For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So um, instead of more dietary restrictions, instead an, a restriction on haircuts is being given to uh, not her, but for her son once he's born. Um, and you probably already have an idea who we're talking about here now. It's, it's Samson. Um, one thing to notice before we move on is God in this verse is not in all caps, um, but it is still referring to um, God Almighty, it seems. But it's being translated from the word Elohim, lowercase. Um, but then again, I don't know if they use uppercase and lowercase in the Hebrew at all. I haven't paid close attention to see that. Maybe I'll notice next time we see the word Jehovah um, or Lord all capitalized in English to see if they use a capital Y for Jehovah in the Hebrew. I, like I said, never really paid attention to notice. But if you see the word God here in this verse is capitalized in English, but the Hebrew word Elohim is not capitalized. Just something to take note of there. But the angel is giving her a message that the child is going to have a special spiritual mission, even from his birth, and he's going to be a Nazarite. And we've read before that's sort of like um, a person who has a special dedication to, to um, and I'll just say the Lord, since that's how it keeps reading um, from his birth, sort of like um, someone who joins a convent or a monastery or something like that. Their, de their life is going to be dedicated to the religion. But in the case of Nazarites, they also have other restrictions, like they aren't to eat 
anything that comes from the grape. So that means no grape juice, no um, uh, booze, no wine, nothing that is uh, like fermented grapes, none of that stuff. Raisins, you aren't allowed, they aren't allowed to eat any of those things as a Nazarite. But also with their hair, they're supposed to let their hair grow without cutting it. And that's part of um, what he just the part of the message he just delivered to her that um, he's not to have any haircuts. Um, and also that he's going to be a great hero for the people delivering them from the Philistines. Verse 6, So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. So you see there, she's saying it's a man of God. She didn't say an angel. She's saying a man. And even though the man here in this verse is capitalized, we read earlier that it's the same entity that visited her was called an angel. So it seems to me that's part of what the narrator is saying. She herself said man. The narrator is saying it was an angel that visited her. She's saying it was a man and she's saying the man didn't give her a name. Um of who he was but she did still say he was like he had the count his countenance meeting his aura around his face like you may see in paintings they'll have like the a sunlight sunbeams radiating around uh, different spiritual figures usually Jesus but often sometimes the patriarchs they'll have on matriarchs even they'll have them with an aura around them so that's what you can think of when they say countenance and she's saying his countenance was like um, the angel of God. So she's saying the person's appearance, The she described the person as a man, but she's saying the person had the appearance of an angel. He had that same spiritual aura about him. God here is capitalized, but it's still being translated from the word Elohim in this verse, um, both times that it's used. Um, let's see, was there anything else about that verse? I guess not. So let's keep moving. And he said to me, behold, verse seven, and he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean for the child should be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. So she's uh, relaying the message that she was given from the angel to her husband pretty much verbatim letting him know the same message that she got about avoiding booze and no haircuts. Verse 8, Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. Okay, so now since it's mentioning Lord again here, and it is in all caps, I'm just going to check and see if um, in the Hebrew uh, the Y and I seem to recall it is and it is so when they when they were when Lord is all caps it's being translated from the name Jehovah and the Y in Jehovah because the Y is pronounced as a J is pronounced in English um, is in is capitalized so it is talking about a proper noun entity deity that they um, refer to as Jehovah when it is refer um, when it's translated to Lord in all caps or the few times that it's translated to God in all caps. And so now her husband, not just taking her word for it, but asking for affirmation, confirmation, is um, praying 
that um, the man or angel that was sent to the message for her, although he's referring to it again as a man. So that makes it kind of clear to me that the narrator who's or scribe, whoever it is that passed on the book of Judges to us, is the one who identified the uh, entity, person, visitor as an angel, not uh, the people who actually had a, were eyewitnesses to it. The eyewitnesses, um, Manoah and his wife, are referring to the visitor as a man. Even though it's capitalized, it's still being referred to as a man. And since I mentioned that, let me just see what the word man here is being translated from. Because sometimes man is translated from the word ish, the Hebrew word ish, or ish, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but if it's an angel, it should be um, translated from a different word. So let's just see. Um, then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, let, and here it is, man, and it's the word ish. It's not from, it's the word is, but the I has a, uh, an accent over it. Um, so it is not from the word angel. So we know now for sure, or at least more certainly, that it's the, the person who scribed it or narrating it, passing the book of Judges on down, identifying the visitor as an angel, not Manoah or his wife. They're both clearly identifying the visitor as a man, although the man had a glorious countenance. It's, they're still identifying it as a man, not an angel. Just as a side note. So he's asking for confirmation, praying that he'll get um, a more a detailed message on how they should raise the kid that they're going to have. Verse 9, And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So even though he's the one who prayed for another visit to confirm the message that she got, she's the one getting another visit. And again, the narrator is calling it an angel, um, uh, even though they both identified the visitor as a man. Um, verse 10, then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, look, the man, the man who came to me in the other day has just now appeared to me. So now his prayer has been answered. She's seen the man again. It's translated to, from um, its quotes that she's calling it a man who's appeared to her again. And she's gone to get her husband so that uh, he can see for himself. He don't have to take her word for it since Remember, the Bible is majorly patriar patriarchal, so a man's word has more um, weight than a woman's does throughout the Bible. And again, Jesus and his red letter messages are the only instance where the sexes, the battle, the, the scales are balanced when it comes to the sexes. Jesus didn't show partiality to men over women, whereas ba basically the rest of the Bible does. So anyway, she's now... Um, gotten her husband, told her the man has appeared again, and um, verse 11, so Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. So now again, now the narrator even is switching it to um, man. He's not saying came to the angels. They both. He's saying that they both arose and went to the man. And now Manoah is asking the angel or man, is he the one who passed on the message? 
as if his wife's word the first time and second time wasn't enough. Now he's asking a third time, or asking at least anyway at this point, for confirmation that it is the same visitor. Verse 12, Manoah said, Now let the, your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So he's um, satisfied that it is the same visitor, and he's pleased with the message that they're going to have a son now, because remember, she was barren. And throughout the Bible, when a woman is barren, according to the narratives, she usually bears the reproach for that. She gets the shame for that. It's like, well, you're. it's almost like she's only good for one thing then. And since she's not able to have children, he must just be with her for good times, a good time girl. And um, so when the women, woman does have a baby, in the, like in the case of John the Baptist's mother, she says, now you've chosen to remove my reproach from men because now she's able to have a baby. And even though she's an old lady at that point, she's pleased with that fact that now people won't be giving her the side eye for being a, a woman who's married and hasn't had any kids. So anyway, Manoah's pleased with the message. He's basically saying, amen to that. Finally, I'm going to have a kid. And he's saying, but now what's going to be the, um, what way should we bring him up? Verse 13. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. So the angel is refer, um, affirming the same message that he gave, or I should say that the angel gave to Manoah. And I changed that because uh, angels um, throughout the Bible, particularly from the beginning, if you if you're going to consider those first creations in chapter one of Genesis, not to be some other or um, species of man, but instead the creation of the angels, then um, they were created male and female, not men and women, but male and female. And there's a difference. So um, in that sense, just like in modern times, to be um, respectful of people's gender identity, um, rather than say he or she, I'll just say there, or, or, you know, we say there now if it's uncertain or if people choose to have their pronoun be there. Um, so anyway, so I'll just say the angel um, is telling them, saying the same message that I gave her, be careful and observe it, do that. Verse 14, she may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. So the angel is affirming what the same message that she's to avoid all things great related. Why? I don't know. Um, it would make sense if, I mean, the way people, religion wraps all kinds of dogma around alcohol and alcoholism and booze, it would make sense then. But why should she avoid everything related to the vine, including juice and raisins and anything else? Not really clear why, but they're being told that's what she has to do. Avoid wine and similar drink and anything unclean again. Verse 15, then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and we will prepare a young goat for you. So we'll see how much we do any preparation in this. We saw previously when the patriarchs would do that, I think it was Abraham, um, detained as they say, the Lord, the Lord gave a visitation to Abraham to let him know um, the different things that were going to happen with, say, Sodom and Gomorrah and stuff. 
And when he said, oh, wait, wait, let me get you something to eat. And I'm paraphrasing there. And the Lord waited around to eat, which, and we'll get into that later. Um, the Lord waited around to eat. And instead of him being the one to prepare anything, he ordered one of his servants to go get a goat. And then he ordered his wife to go cook something. So it's not like he's the one who put in the work. So I don't know if that'll be the same here. But in this instance, he's saying, hold up, wait a minute, stay with us a little longer. I'll get a goat and cook you some food. Um, and like I've said before, this all contradicts what the New Testament says, what we read in the Gospels, that no one has seen God at any time, heard God's voice or seen God's form. Um, and I just was reading preview earlier today um, in the verse about in the chap chapter three of John, where, you know, the whole the one of the most famous verses for God so loved the world, that verse in that same chapter. Jesus says something else that no one has ascended to heaven uh, except the Son of Man. So for all that religion teaches people that um, when you die, you go to heaven. Chapter three of John says no one has gone to heaven, ex ascended to heaven except Jesus, the Son of Man, he says there. But we know Son of Man is referring to Jesus. So again, religion will teach things that become super popular, a super popular narrative, but it's at least according to Christianity, according to Christ, Jesus himself, those things are lies. They're just not true. Um, so I just thought of that because I was reading that earlier. And since we're reading it here now, another uh, interaction with, here they're saying the angel of the Lord, but um, in, when we read about the patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob having interactions, eating meals with and even wrestling with the Lord. Those all contradict what Jesus says. But here, since it's saying angel of the Lord, maybe in this instance it has actually an angel, not actually, I don't believe it's God Almighty anyway, but um, it, maybe in this case, the angel um, it makes, makes it make sense. We'll see. Verse 16, and the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. So now there we go. That says a whole lot there. So now it's saying that he won't eat the food. So even though we read in the whole Sodom and Gomorrah narrative that the um, entity visiting Abraham sat there and, and ate with him under the tree, then... Um, one that couldn't have been God Almighty, since, like I said, Jesus says no one has seen God at any time, seen his seen his form or heard his voice. So then that makes it clear that must have been one of the angels. Then, um, if anything, and also um, the other part, um, he's saying if it's going to be a burnt offering that you're offering, and we've read previously with the whole burnt offerings, though they're they they're called burnt offerings. They read a lot like barbecue because they're not usually burning it up to a crisp. They're just putting it to fire. So when they say burnt, they don't actually just mean burnt to ashes, at least in the um, previous books that we've read to this point. And one last thing to notice, it, it says, for Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. That lets us know there it's the narrator um, doing a whole lot of filling in the blanks here. Because um, 
um, clearly Manoah was thinking it was, and his wife must have been thinking it was God or the Lord visiting them, not one of the angels and not just a man, even though she identified it as a man originally, would they really need to, and maybe they still think it was just a man. That's why they were thinking I'll cook some food and we can eat together. And so the narrator, whichever way it is, the narrator is filling in the blank here that it's actually an angel of the Lord that's appeared to them. So whichever one it is, it's kind of uncertain. If anything, we'd have to go by the witnesses' words, not the narrator's words. And the witnesses identified the visitor as a man, not as an angel, at least according to the quotes that we've read so far. And so um, that's probably why they were trying to cook something for the man to eat because they didn't realize or didn't see the the visitor as an angel and instead the narrator on looking back at it is identifying the visitor as an angel however it is however you can make sense of it god bless you in making sense of it we're going to keep reading verse 17 then manoah said to the angel of the lord what is your name that when your words come to pass we may honor you so um, clearly, again, they're not thinking this is God Almighty visiting them or even Jehovah, if you want to think of that as the Lord. They're not thinking either one of those. They're thinking that um, it's someone, something else visiting them with that message. And so they're wondering who are they going to give praises or at least thanks to when the child, when the words come past, when the child is born and they realize, okay, she was barren, but she had a baby, just like that visitor told us, who are we going to give thanks to, or at least honor when they give praise to God when it comes to pass? So they're asking the visitor's name. Verse 18, and the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? So really humble, the visitor is saying, what difference does my name make? make i'm just the messenger um the and it's the news that you should be glad about and since that's what's um you should you're grateful for and going to be uh making the offering for and giving praise for since that news is so wonderful that's all that really matters so it doesn't really matter and that makes sense in um for us also that it's not about the messenger. And if people would just look past the messenger, they could see the truth. But let's say like in the instance of the naked truth of me bringing to reading this with you, people can't look past the messenger, me, my gender identity, or however they perceive me, my sexual preference, whatever they want to think of me as, my race, whatever. They just can't look past that, the messenger, and receive the message. Um, so like the angel is telling them, don't worry about the messenger. Don't worry about what my name is. Consider the message that I'm bringing you is wonderful. That's what you should be focusing on. Verse 19, so Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. So, uh, um, the way that's written is a little tricky. Um, because there's a period there after it says Lord. So just going to take it bit by bit. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. So it's saying there that they're making the uh, offering of um, the goat that he was going to cook for the angel or the, the visitor to eat 
or take partake with and he's taken that and the grain offering and offered it on a rock to the Lord and Lord is being um is in all caps I'm guessing it's still Jehovah here that he's offering it to but just to be sure let me just check and see yeah so it's still Jehovah who the burnt offering is being made to but then there's a period after that Lord and but it falls with the word and he capitalized did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on so if you read that the wrong way you'd think that he's offering it to that visitor and the visitor um, um, is the one doing the wondrous thing but instead it's saying and he capitalized did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on so either the Lord's doing the wondrous thing or the visitor is doing the wondrous thing either way when he made the offering something supernatural happened verse 20 it happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar when Manoah and his wife saw this they fell on their faces to the ground so uh, the supernatural event was the angel didn't partake in the food that they had prepared as a burnt offering like previous encounters with um, the supernatural did they in some cases ate the food with them and like I said before in one case one of the patriarchs wrestled with the Lord um, at least according to the narrative if you want to believe that that was the Lord in this instance the angels like no I'm not gonna eat your food make the offering to the Lord and then as a part of the experience the angel instead of eating ascended in the flame to um, of the altar so that'd be a pretty incredible thing to see the visitor that appeared as a man ascends in a flame on the offering that you make to the Lord verse 21 when the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord so um, they got the appearance that they prayed for well first they got an unexpected appearance she did then secondly they got an appearance that they prayed for from the angel and then they got the um, appearance of the angel ascending in the flame um, uh, and that was enough to convince them that okay um, this was um, a, a, a visitor from God sent to bring us that message verse 22 and Manoah said to his wife surely die because we've seen God so if you've read me before you know why I abbreviated that verse obviously uh, it, it's pretty clear read it out loud if you want to they're saying they're gonna surely die he's saying they're gonna surely die because they've seen God and that goes he seems to be reflecting on or, uh, or talking about um, the belief mentioned previously that you can't see the face of the Lord and live so now he's even though the narrator has said that after all those events now Manoah knows that it was the angel of the Lord um, apparently he's still uh, he the narrator is mistaken because Manoah is immediately saying that he's seen the, the face of the Lord and Lord here or God here is again being is in capitalized in English but it's translated from the word uh, Elohim so either Manoah is confused or the narrator got it wrong but clearly it's a contradictory message because we just read in verse 21 that at that point Manoah knew it was the angel of the Lord 
Yet in verse 22, Manoah clearly believes he's seeing God. Uh, and that's in quotes. So he, it's not that he thinks it's the angel of the Lord. He thinks that God has visited them and given them that message. And it would make more sense that it would be him believing it's God visiting him. Because why wouldn't God eat the, the meal with him like he did with Abraham? So um, not instead an angel. He believes he's had a visitation from God. And since they've seen God face to face, they're going to die for that. But none of that makes sense um, according to the next verse. Um, verse 23. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have did, told us such, such things as these at this as such things as these at this time. So the woman, even though they get discounted again and again through patriarchy, has the makes the most sense. She has clearly. A, a a better grip on what's going on. What sense would it make for the Lord to go through the trouble of not visiting once, but visiting twice because someone prayed for it, and then letting that the, them see an ascension like that in flames like that, and um, only to turn around and say, now that I done showed my face to you, I'm going to kill you. It wouldn't make sense at all. So it lets us know, again, even though some things in the Bible say, uh, even though some things are in the Bible, other things in the Bible contradict them. It does say you can't see the face of the Lord and live, or anyone who sees the face of the Lord um, shall surely die. You see, he's even said that he has that belief. I'm not sure where it is, but I'm I'm sure I've read it before. And if you want, you can obviously, um, you can search it and see. And you know, I guess might as well just do it now. Since um, we're here now, and it's a short verse. Maybe it'll be uh, easy to find. Let me see. Um, uh, let's see. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just looking at the different places where it appears. That website I mentioned earlier lets you search. Um, and so I'm using the search phrase face of the Lord because I know there's somewhere in here that it does say face of the Lord and die. Let me see. Yeah, that's one instance in Exodus where it claims Moses saw speaks to the Lord face to face. Um, hmm. I'm not seeing it so it must have been said a different way because I know it's in there um But I'm not finding it here. And it's mentioned so many times, I don't want to hold you up looking for it. But, um, so maybe I'll look for it between now and the next time that we have a reading. Um, so I can point it out to you. But even if I can't, you can see it there that Manoah believes it too. Um, because I'm, I'm sure it's somewhere in the scriptures. I'm just not sure where or what phrase I should be using to pull it up. 
But he knows that that's the case, that they're in their belief system, if you see the face of the Lord, you're going to die because of it. Because no one can see the face of the Lord and live, at least according to that scripture. But it lets us know clearly that's not the case, because um, he's it's being contradicted now by what he's saying, because he believes it was God he's seen, even though the narrator says then he knew it was the angel of the Lord. He still thinks he's seen God and he's still living. But his wife is the bigger point. Had the better sense that it wouldn't make sense for God to make uh, go through those efforts and appear to people only to turn around and strike them down. That would be kind of petty and ridiculous. Um, verse 24. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. So like I said, this is Samson, the same Samson and Delilah. Samson with the great strength. That same Samson that we, um, whose birth was announced to them, and who's now been born, and she's being, um, verse twenty-five, and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahane Dan between Zor and Eshtaol. So they're saying Samson was born, and the spirit began to be alive and active in him, um, in his life and in his um, experiences. And like I said, we know that Samson and Delilah, that whole story, um, and how that ended up not so good for him. But um, speaking of ended up, that was the last verse of this chapter. So that's where we'll end this reading. I appreciate you reading along with me. And as always, I hope the naked truth is a blessing for you. And I have to thank you, um, whether you were praying for me or not. Ian hit, and I lost power here where I live at around 11 o'clock, right after I did the reading, um, and was without power overnight. It was a terrible storm. It um, wrecked the, my door frame, broke my front glass, but it was no worse than that, and lost power. But thank God, the power came back mid-morning the next day, late morning, I guess. It was back on by the time, like, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, so wasn't without power for too long but you know i'm thankful it's back on and i thank you if you did say a prayer for me i appreciate it and as always i appreciate you joining me for the naked truth and hope you'll join me again and if you were affected by the hurricane i hope you're okay and i pray for you stay safe i love you and god willing i'll see you next time peace be with you